The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Hey, what's up, Fantasy Football Today listeners? Just a quick heads up for you. We recorded this episode, this marathon episode, just before the breaking news that the Titans-Steelers game had been postponed. So what we did was went and recorded a bonus episode giving you all of the details that we knew at the time and how you should approach things as a commissioner. In this Starter Sit episode, you're going to hear some outdated information. You can ignore it. Please listen to the bonus episode if you want information about that Steelers-Titans game and what you should do in your leagues. Okay, Starter Sit, here we go. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Thursday. Welcome to October. Great baseball, some lousy basketball last night, but it's football time. Week four begins today. Heath and Jamie, who's excited for Jets Broncos? The betting public, I guess. That's okay. what we were just talking about before the show. The uh, The Jets opened the week with an implied total of uh, 18.75, and it's up to 21.5 now. They're two-point favorites on the Broncos as of Thursday morning. Wow. I've never been more excited for a football game than I have been for tonight. I, you know, it's funny, Adam, I was thinking about this, uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL network said, tweeted Thursday morning that, uh, Adam Gase's job is not in jeopardy. And I I was thinking of you with your, uh, your, your bold statement that the Jets would lose and then Gase would be fired on Friday. Yeah. uh, well, we'll see if they lose. I, I th- they probably have to get blown out for that uh, for that to happen. I would say, but um, race to the bottom tonight. So Denver at the Jets. Yeah, we previewed that game yesterday. We will update you on some injuries. That looks like Jameson Crowder is going to play. Yes, yes, uh, not a hundred percent according to the reports. Uh, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, but if he's out there, that's a good thing for someone who's in uh, considering. You know the. Uh, the COVID situation with the Titans and the Steelers, if you want to have somebody out there that can give you some points, especially, you know, factoring Deontay Johnson's concussion situation as well. I don't know if you guys have any Jamison Crowder decisions, but to help the listeners out, I'm sitting him for Hunter Renfro tonight. I just don't want to take the risk, I guess, if I can avoid it. So Renfro it is. Uh, well, I mean, Renfro's in a great spot. $25 on him on the fab. You got to start him yeah, this week. Yeah, or six, but either way, <laughs> six out of a $25 butt now. Uh, all right, let, let's talk about more interesting games. Uh, player you love this week, Heath Cummings. What do you got? Yeah, I um, wasn't ready for you to ask me that. Oh, Is that a so new segment t- that we're t- doing now? <laughs> um, Jamie, who do you got? Uh, Daryl Henderson's our start of the week, so I'm excited about him. I hope he'll do better than uh, the last week's start of the week, which was Joshua Kelly. So um, it seems as if... Cam Akers is not going to play, did not practice on Wednesday. So I like to set up for Henderson to once again be the best running back for the Rams against a terrible, terrible run defense like we've been telling you all season long. I don't know. The New York Giants. 
So Henderson should have a uh, a big opportunity in front of him. They're a good run team. I mean, I, it seems like they can probably run on anyone, uh, and they run a lot. All right, so Daryl Henderson's the start of the week. Heath, yeah, who do you love? I love Joe Burrow going up oh. against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a top ten quarterback for me this week. Yes, I would start him over Gardner Minshew, which probably means Gardner Minshew is going to score thirty fantasy points because every time I've told people not to start him, <laughs> he scored thirty fantasy points this year. <laughs> Um, but no, I just think it's a very good setup. It's an, it's a nice little breather for this offense. I still don't think that Cincinnati is going to like stop Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to score enough to keep Burrow throwing and Jacksonville's run defense has been surprisingly good so far. Like they've been kind of like the giants that surprisingly good run defense. So only the opposite. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Burrow is a top 10 guy. Oh God. Uh, yeah. And, and the Jaguars allow the second most passing yards per attempt in the NFL and the Bengals, I'm guessing lead the NFL in pass attempts. I would assume, uh, if not, they're up there. Dak Prescott leads the NFL in pass attempts. Really? Who is Burrow? Second? Yeah. Burrow, Burrow's not far behind. Okay. All right. Well, they're up Bur- there. Burrow's thrown a hundred times the last two weeks. All right. How about player you're avoiding? Would you like Jamie to go first? That Always. Be? Okay. Jamie, who are you avoiding this week? I'm avoiding Tom Brady. Um, I would play Joe Burrow over Brady. I would play Minshew over Brady. I, I think you're looking at, uh, we saw a one-game sample size of Brady without Chris Godwin. And even though the Chargers are down Chris Harris, they're down Melvin Ingram, I think Brady will be okay. Like, I wouldn't necessarily go run and make a transaction to pick up um, Teddy Bridgewater to play over Brady. I wouldn't, you know, do something wacky. Like the only guy that I would pick up that we talked about to play over Brady is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Cause another scenario I like, I love the dolphins this week. Um, but I think for Brady, he had 10 fantasy points in week two without Godwin. He may not have Scotty Miller and you know, Mike Evans, I I'm not benching Mike Evans, but he's going to have his hands full of Casey Hayward. And so it, it could be a, a tough go for Brady, especially if he's got to rely on Rob Gronkowski to be a big-time playmaker for him. All right, so so far, Daryl Henderson we love, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady avoid, and Heath, who's your avoid? This might be a little controversial. And I understand if you're in a three-wide receiver league with a flex and you can't do it, but I'm kind of scared about Odell Beckham. I know that they should be chasing the score, and in theory they will throw more, but he's still, like, the efficiency is even worse than it was last year. He fell to 7.8 yards per target last year. And it was like, man, what happened? If we could just get the old Odell Beckham back, he's at seven yards per target. So far this year, he's caught 50% of his passes. Like I, he might catch a long touchdown, but that seems like the hope now it's kind of like the Stefan Diggs from last year. Only they, they have another couple of options in the passing game that the Vikings necessarily didn't have. So I would like to sit Odell Beckham. What if I told you he's getting 10 targets though? Like forget about, Everything oh, yeah. you just you just said, and he's getting ten targets. Would you still start him? If if you could guarantee me ten targets, then I would start him. Because yes. what we saw in week one was them chasing points, and he got ten targets against a brutal defense. Now Kansas City probably dispelled that a little bit, but that's Kansas City. Um, if you said ten targets versus this Cowboy secondary, where would you rank him? That's the thing. Like just most wide receivers, if you told me ten targets are in the top twenty-five no matter who they are, um, 18-ish. Yeah. I initially came into the week, like, with him in that range, and then, you know, he's he's in my top 24. Um, it's, it's kind of with that mindset, like you just said, like, you know, I'm expecting him to have a lot of targets. I'm expecting them to be chasing points. I'm expecting Baker to have to throw in this game, but it's uh, 
it's one of those things like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start back on. Okay. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not fun at this point, which is hard to say, but I do think that this is kind of one of those games where we get the best of what Odell Beckham could potentially be for what he is this season. Uh, Jamie, let's go back to Daryl Henderson real quick. Would you start him over Melvin Gordon tonight? I would. Would you start him over Odell Beckham? I would. Would you start him over... I'm starting him over Joe Mixon. I'm starting him over... Well, let's do wide receivers. Okay, sure. Um, uh, CeeDee Lamb. Yes. How about... DJ Moore. He's the number one running back for me, so there's going to be a lot of receivers I'm starting. DJ Moore or Daryl yes. Henderson? Okay. All right. Let's go, Daryl Henderson. Big game. Um, all right. Ben Schrager, what are we promoting today? We've got FFT and five, our new podcast, Fantasy Football Today in five, five minutes every single morning, Monday through Friday. And Sunday mornings, Adam and Heath break down that overnight injury update. So five minutes on Sunday mornings gets you ready for the games. And we've got Twitch tonight. Twitch, 7 p.m., twitch.com slash FF today. It'll be Adam, it'll be Frank Stamfel, and Jacob Gibbs of Sportsline breaking down the game tonight, but also answering all of your start sick questions. So go to twitch.com slash FF today. Yeah. All right. I, love, I really have such a great time on Twitch. Can't wait for that tonight. Please join us. Uh, we. I want to talk about two running backs because I feel kind of bad. We've talked so much about Joe Mixon. And I guess I didn't realize how horrible his schedule was. And that was because I really thought the Jaguars were a good matchup. Maybe they are. I'm having trouble buying what they're doing. But it's happening. They are allowing 3.2 yards per carry to running backs. They did a pretty good job against Derrick Henry. They did a good job against Miles Gaskin. They did a great job against Jonathan Taylor. And pretty much Naeem Hines, he four yards per carry. Uh, but then it's Baltimore, and then it's Indianapolis, and then it's Cleveland in the next three weeks. And those teams have been pretty good against the run, especially Baltimore and Indianapolis. So that's a little scary for Joe Mixon. Meanwhile, James Robinson, and those two players are, are playing each other this week. James Robinson has Cincinnati, Houston, and Detroit in his next three weeks. So I, I feel like I, we need to ask, and Heath, you did ask this on Twitter, who would you rather have rest of season, James Robinson or Joe Mixon? And you look at the next three weeks, and it's set up a lot better for James Robinson. At least it looks that way on paper. Uh, considering these are two of the most traded players, it's pretty relevant. Who would you guys rather have, James Robinson or Joe Mixon? Not this week, going forward. Robinson, Jamie? This week also. Yeah. I would definitely rather start James Robinson this week. Um, we talked a lot last year about, or this off season about Joe Mixon's awesome finish to the year, his great second half through week nine last year, he was the number 36 running back in fantasy Wow! through week nine, the final seven or eight games of the season. He was the number three running back in fantasy. I think the big difference though, is when he got to week nine, he was playing through an ankle injury. They were shuffling quarterbacks in and out. They were going with a new head coach. Um, he's healthy now. He's getting the work. And, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, anybody that listened to our show, um, I was very excited about Joe Mixon. You know, it kind of did a little bit of a roller coaster of not necessarily being down on Joe Mixon, but, you know, from having him ranked as high as like six or seven to down to like 12 or 13. And I think I settled somewhere around 10 for him at the running back position. I think for me, at least, 
I didn't expect Cleveland's run defense to be as good as it's been. So I thought he'd have success in that matchup looking at the early part of the schedule. I thought he'd be good against Jacksonville, which I hope he still will be. I knew he was going to struggle against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And so, you know, you knew those games were on the schedule for him. But the way that it sort of unfolded, I thought, and you heard me say this time and time again, I thought Jonah Williams' addition to the offensive line would make things better. So far, it hasn't. I thought he'd be a little bit more involved in the passing game. Right now, he's on pace for 40 catches. So that's in the neighborhood of where I was saying. So hopefully, that's where he's going to end up. But he just hasn't run well, you know, and, and it's not all on him because the line has been bad. But A.J. Green's been a disappointment, you know, and so this, this whole this whole Bengals offense has been sort of weird in how things have unfolded for them. But in comparing him to James Robinson, you see a guy that is on a bad team that is doing the things you hope Joe Mixon would be doing on a bad team. And his role just continues to evolve. And so, you know, I, I think one thing that we're going to start to do, and this involves you, Heath, and, and Adam, you can certainly take part in it. I think every Monday, what I'm going to do is uh, for FFT is sort of maybe every three to four weeks, what would you do if you're drafting now? Like, what would your top 10 look like? I can't imagine Joe Mixon in my top 10. Oh, uh, no I could imagine James Robinson in my top 10. Ooh. At running back? Oh, at running back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not top 10 overall. <laughs> okay, because Mixon was top 10 overall for a lot of people. Um, no, I, I, you know, it's just he is getting so many carries. 16 or more carries. 16 to 19 carries every week. That's great. And he's on pace for basically the same amount of touches he had last year. But in the second half of the season, he just got he got more carries than anyone in football. And that was a big part of the reason for success. So listen, I just needed to bring up the schedule. And it starts this week with Jacksonville where you think, okay, Mixon might get back on track. We're going to preview that game in a little bit. Is he even a start? We'll talk about that. But Jacksonville's run defense has been surprisingly really good. And so is Baltimore's. And so is Indianapolis's. And so has Cleveland's. So it's, it's, tough, it's uh, tough sledding right now, perhaps, for Joe Mixon. All right, listen, if you're struggling with credit card debt, this is an important announcement for you. you got to look at Lightstream. Lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot F-F-T. A lot of people, dot com slash F-F-T, excuse me. A lot of people do struggle with credit card debt, and Lightstream's going to help you out. They offer credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay if you have excellent credit. All right, they believe that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. 5.95% APR with auto pay. You're talking about regular credit card uh, rates are 20%. It's such a great discount. You get a bigger discount when you go to lightstream.com slash FFT. The application is 100% online. You don't even have to leave your house to apply. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are no fees, and you can get your funds as soon as the day you apply. So again, you can save even more money if you go to our URL. It's lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. Go there right now for that additional interest rate discount. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. And visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. We've got a can ton go of interest. Can I go back to something real quick with James yeah. Robinson? Yeah, yeah. And Joe Mixon? Uh, Heath, you can probably uh, recall this. Where were you ranking Leonard Fournette right after the season? Oh, Ugh. top 12 for sure and probably would have been ahead of joe mixon right for me definitely yes me, me as well yeah. and and so it this is you know he's i don't want to equate james robinson and leonard fournette but just fantasy production 
that's essentially like what you're getting. Is it? I mean, I'm, I feel weird saying this, but he's looked better than Leonard Fournette has I, I, looked I, a long I agree. Time. That's what I'm saying. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want to equate the two, but you look at what he did in the passing game against Miami. You look at what he's sort of evolving into is just this every down running back, a guy who's dominating touches. And that's what Fournette was for Jacksonville last year with different coordinator, different guys in certain spots, but very similar personnel for the most part. And so, yeah. you know, that's kind of, I think, how you can sort of, if you want to justify the two, like There's you were problem, drafting. Though, one problem I see with, with him, and we saw it in the Miami game, we still had a good game, great game. But he did come off the field late in the game for Chris Thompson when they were trailing. And if we expect the, the Jaguars to go back to being, you know, the worst team and one of the worst teams in football, like we expected at the start of the season, that could happen more. I just feel like I need to bring that up because I, I feel like that could be the one like pitfall sure. with him. But I also think that, you you know, if you say that he can he came off the field and, and prior to that, he had he got you six catches. Yeah. yeah, he can he can do everything that they need him to do. And that's something that they said about him in training camp. All right. Uh, okay, so guys, we have a ton of injuries. Let's go through these quickly here. Chris Carson practiced right now. We're going to preview that game, but he's got a chance to play. So, you know, I, I'm sure you'd start him if he plays. It's very funny that you have the three running backs that we talked about of Jeff Wilson, Carlos Hyde, and Rex Burkhead. Yeah. And if it's just McKinnon, I think Wilson is going to be fine because you saw that last week. But Hyde and, and Burkhead could be irrelevant. But you didn't really see that last week because I don't think Wilson got much, many touches at all until McKinnon got hurt. Now, if you hit McKinnon at, at less than 100%, that's one thing. But Wilson got almost all his work in the fourth quarter. By the way, is McKinnon... So, I know Mostert didn't practice. Garoppolo didn't practice. Is McKinnon looking good for this week? Practiced in full. Oh, okay. Michael Thomas practiced. Devontae Adams, well, they, they didn't practice the Packers. So, we don't know yet about Devontae Adams. We'll know more today. Uh, and same with the Falcons wide receivers. We're a little in the dark on Julio and Gage, right? Yes, yeah. they're, they're, it's a Monday night game, so they don't practice until Thursday. Right. Um, and one other thing with the Titans-Steelers scenario uh, is Deontay Johnson's going to get extra time to hopefully pass through the concussion protocol. Uh, George Kittle practiced in full. Debo Samuel, are you expecting him this week? Kyle Shanahan was very non-committal when they asked him about it. He said, you know, he's got a chance if he plays, if he practices three straight days and feels good after that. He also said, I feel very confident in him for week five. Um, it's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing with Damian Harris. When they asked Bill Belichick, he said, sometimes these guys take a couple weeks. And the difference, obviously, with Harris is the Patriots already have 17 running backs. Right. With James White coming back, uh, the 49ers have one wide receiver. So it would be good for them to get Debo Samuel back. Jared Cook mispractice, DeAndre Hopkins mispractice, and Kareem Hunt mispractice. Those two we're going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, Cam Akers still day-to-day, -day, according to the Rams. You said three guys. <laughs> uh, okay, but I meant Hopkins and Hunt. But yes, right. you're right. I did, I did say three. Okay, you know what? We have to keep an eye on Jared Cook, too. So uh, Duke Johnson seems likely to play. We're going to preview that game today. I, I wanted to do just the AFC home games today, but I think it's better to do Pittsburgh-Tennessee tomorrow, so I changed things around a little bit. Uh, Damian Harris practice. Heath just talked about that. Jameson Crowder, questionable. We talked about him. We expect him to play tonight. Philip Lindsay's questionable. What do we think about Philip Lindsay right now? I think he's somebody that if he's... Uh, he's been dropped in several leagues. He's not a bad guy to stash, you know, so if you have the ability to pick somebody up on Thursday before the game starts, I would do so because if Melvin Gordon were to get hurt in Thursday night's game, then Philip Lindsay could be uh, like what Melvin Gordon has been the last couple of weeks. But 
it's going to go back to, I think, what it was at the start of week one before Lindsay went down and what the thought was going into the year that they're going to use both guys. I, I would feel much less confident starting Gordon if Lindsay was active. Drew Locke could be back next week at New England. DJ Chark practiced. Deshaun Jackson did not, but still could play at San Francisco. Don't know about Alshon Jeffrey this week. Zach, Mo- oh, Zach Moss practiced. That's such a bummer. So, I mean, it's good for him. <laughs> Sorry. It's a bummer for fantasy. And, it's a great and like matchup. I had, yeah, I had Singletary as a top 15 back without Moss. I would still start Devin Singletary even yes. if Moss is back. I just wouldn't be as excited about him. I had Devin Singletary, uh, which threw Heath off in our notes for Thursday's <laughs> FFT show because on Wednesday's FFT, I had said, oh, I think Devin Singletary is the start of the week, which was my intention, thinking that Moss was going to miss more time with the toe injury. And then when he practiced and Cam Akers did not, I made the switch to Daryl Henderson. All right, here's the rest of the injury report. John Brown did not practice. Chris Godwin missed practice. Scott Miller missed practice. Henry Ruggs unlikely to play, and Brian Edwards is out. Le'Veon Bell is hoping to return next week. That would be a game against the Cardinals. Tampa Bay could be without their slot cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting. That means they'd be moving Antoine Winfield to safety into the slot, which he did last week. Indianapolis cornerback Rock Yassin, who was supposed to be, I think, their top corner going into the year, he was limited in practice. He's had the stomach ailment. Uh, be nice to get him back at Chicago, and then their secondary would look really good with the way Xavier Rose and TJ Carey have been playing. Miami quarterback By- cornerback Byron Jones missed practice. Doesn't look great for him against Seattle. Same with Jamal Adams in that game for Seattle at Miami. This is a big one. Kansas City defensive tackle Chris Jones was limited in practice. We'll keep an eye on that as they face the New England Patriots. They'll be without rookie cornerback uh, Legereus Sneed. So some injuries on defense there for the Kansas City Chiefs. What else is new? Julius Peppers, Giants safety, likely to miss this week's game. Maybe that helps Tyler Higby. Cincinnati's... Who? What's that? Who? <laughs> Wait. Sorry, Jabril Peppers. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Cincinnati slot cornerback Mackenzie Alexander's dinged up. Dal- uh, Dallas left tackle Tyron Smith was limited in practice. That's a good sign. Hope to get him back against Cleveland. And Chase Young expected to miss this week's games for Washington against Baltimore. So one one injury or injury related thing you did not say is James White returned to practice. Yeah. And so uh, Heath's point about the seventeen running backs for the Patriots. So that uh, is something for the Rex Burkhead manager to obviously keep in mind. I just wonder how how quickly they'll throw him back into his role, given what Rex Burkhead has done. So it's probably a very, very messy situation for the Patriots in a game that they're almost certainly chasing points. Well, I'll give, yeah, you, I'll give you the stat. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sure you were going to get to it, Heath, but four running backs have had 32 or more receiving yards already against the Chiefs in three games. I was not. Nope. Oh. Wasn't going to say that at all. I was going to say I, it could go like wildly in either direction. You could see the Patriots like force-feeding James White to kind of celebrate him, or you could see them really just kind of easing him back in. I, I have no idea. I don't know if like this is the celebrate James White game on the road in in this type of scenario. I know what you're getting at. You know, they want to make him feel good about himself and, you know, given the tragedy that he's he's dealt with. But I, I would probably lean toward the latter if that's the mindset, like get back into football m- mode and, you know, we need you, obviously. But I, I think that if, if it's just if you're just looking at it from a X's and O's piece, they have to use him like they have to use him right. in a big way. Well, that's our first game that we're going to preview, and we're going to watch it together, everybody, on Twitch, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Uh, so that's exciting. I'll tell you more about that. With Damian Williams, too. That's right. And Danny Woodhead's coming on. 
It's going to be like a extravaganza, the home team watch wow. party presented by Lowe's on at four o'clock on Sunday. Uh, okay, I was going to do sixty seconds rankings rankings disputes, but I want to get into the game, so let's do just fifteen second rankings disputes. Just give me like your quick two sentence thoughts on these players: Devonte Parker against the Seahawks. Jamie, you've got him top thirteen. Heath, you've got Devonte Parker thirtieth. Uh, Jamie, you like Parker more than Heath does. 15 seconds. I love, love, love all the Dolphins against that miserable secondary that's probably not going to have Jamal Adams and most likely chasing points. So give me all the Devontae Parker, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like Preston Williams a lot. I like Mike Gusecki a lot. That Seattle defense, the numbers are staggering what they've allowed to wide receivers. 76 catches and over 1,300 yards. Devontae Parker is going to be a monster. Your rebuttal? This- like really it's just this and i didn't see it yesterday afternoon i'll probably update it today was he a, a full go 100 on wednesday parker because he yeah i he, did not see him on the injury report he did okay if he's a if he was a full go yesterday and that came out yesterday afternoon then i will like i won't have him that high and i don't think the dolphins are quite to the level of the receivers that the um seahawks have faced so far oh no they're not demir bird and uh <laughs> right and Nikhil harry <laughs> I think that was mostly Julian Edelman, if I remember correctly. They both had 70 yards, Harry and Bird. Okay, 70 yards would not make Devontae Parker a, uh, a top. Well, eight catches for 70 yards. <laughs> he throw in the chance for a touchdown there. That's what the Bird did. You just, you just said, right, we're when you talking about Beckham, that anybody getting double digits in targets. I, I'd be shocked if the Dolphins guys are not getting double digits in targets in this game. I also disagree. Devontae Parker is as good as the receivers. Like, he's he's awesome. Let's give this man some credit already. He's at the level of uh, Cedric Wilson, yes. He's at the level of uh, Michael Gallup and, and, and C.D. Lamb, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. 12th for Jamie. Third for Heath against the Bills. Go ahead, Heath. 15 seconds. Yeah, and I guess, again, it's probably an opponent thing where that we saw the Patriots take Darren Waller away. We saw the Bills do much better against Tyler Higby. I just, I can't imagine without Ruggs and without Edwards, we're going to see that little production from Darren Waller again. This is, over the last two seasons, when healthy, the best team at defending tight ends. And what we saw from them without Matt Milano and Tremont, Tremont Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine, mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds, um, in week two against Miami with those two guys out, it was staggering and so joe buscalia who i'm going to start to call a friend of the program covers the bills with athletics he wrote a story about what they did with those two linebackers on the field in 2019 against tight ends and they just basically crushed the position and you saw them crush tyler higby uh waller is better than higby so he will probably have more than 40 yards receiving but he is not a slam dunk start in my opinion against this bills defense okay uh, the startometer for the last three games that we will be previewing, which will be um, Houston, Minnesota, Green Bay, Atlanta, and Seattle, Miami. Startometer zero to ten. David Johnson. Nine. Yeah, seven. Will Fuller against Minnesota. Ten. Seven. Brandon Cooks against Minnesota. Three. Four and a half. <laughs> Sean Watson. Ten. Ten. Adam Thielen at Houston. Eight. What was, yeah. it? What was that? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, who do you like better, Adam Thielen or Will Fuller? And I'll just say that teams are running all over Houston. They're not throwing very much. 
at all. Um, but go ahead, Thielen or, Thielen or Fuller? Fuller. Thielen for me. Justin Jefferson at Houston. Six. Uh, like a two. Matt the Ryan. The thing is, like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And one of the things that concerns me a little bit about Jefferson is that happened in a game where Adam Thielen had like 22 yards receiving. Um, like I'd like to see him be good in a game where Adam Thielen is also a starting wide receiver. Cause I think Adam Thielen's going to be a starting wide receiver most weeks. Okay. Back to the startometer zero to 10 for Matt Ryan at green Bay. With Julio 10 without Julio six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Aaron Rodgers. With Devontae Adams, 20. <laughs> Without Devontae Adams, 10. Start him. MVS. Four and a half. Alan Lazard. 10. 10 with no Adams, five with Adams. How about Robert Tanyan against Atlanta? Atlanta horrible against tight ends. Uh, three. Two. Miles Gaskin against Seattle. Nine in PPR, six in non-PPR. Seven and four. Preston Williams against Seattle. Uh, by the way, he is a uh, uh, Seattle native. Oh, oh wow. Never Ooh, mind. Never mind. Suburb outside of Seattle. <laughs> oh, a suburb outside of Seattle? Okay, no, never mind. He doesn't live in this the actual city. No. Um, Preston Williams? Preston, five? Uh, eight. Wow. And Carlos Hyde, uh, let's say Carson's out. Where would you put Hyde? Six in non-PPR, five in PPR. Yeah, six and four. If, Car- uh, if did Carson- you not do Fitzmagic? Oh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, nine. Five. <laughs> if Carson were out, you guys are not seeing eye to eye today. Carson, we're out. Rank these three running backs. Car- uh, Carlos Hyde, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary. Hyde is a distant third. So Moss is playing and, Hyde- and Carson's out? Yes. Correct? Yeah. So I would go Henderson, Singletary, Hyde. That's interesting because, I mean, you could... <sighs> Hyde feels more likely to score than, uh, than Singletary if, ha- if Moss is back. But gosh, the Raiders run defense so bad. All right, let's go. Let's go to the games. Do you do you know how many touchdowns Devin Singletary averaged in college? <laughs> Rushing touchdown? No. What would you guess? Just take a guess. He played a- three years at FAU. Season? Averaged per season. Fourteen. Fourteen. That's he, a lot. Answer, no, that's right? way, too that's way too much. That's way too much. Ten. It's not way too much. It's oh. way, way, way too little. 22, really? I believe, is the answer, right, Jamie? He averaged 22 touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns a season <laughs> at FAU. In 2017, he scored 32 rushing touchdowns. I and thought it was a misprint. That's relevant this week because the defense he's facing is very similar to the defenses he faced at <laughs> FAU. That's, that's very true. <laughs> All right, here we go. New England at Kansas City, your stat of the game. The Chiefs, they've struggled against the run, but they're also, for the second year in a row, really bad against pass-catching running backs. They give up the seventh most receiving yards to running backs. They gave up the most last year. And uh, David Johnson at 32 yards. Austin Eckler, 55. Josh Kelly, 49. And the Baltimore running backs, actually it was all Dobbins, 38 receiving yards. So uh, you, you know they score a lot of points. You know teams are throwing a lot, and... What does that mean to you when you see that vulnerability for the Chiefs and with Burkhead 
being so involved in the passing game without James White, and then White, obviously, when he's healthy, so involved in the passing game. You know, how do you approach that? It's unfortunate because you would you would like for it to be a situation where it's Burkhead without White or White fully acclimated into the offense. And in that case, either of them would be close to must starts in PPR. Um, with the situation as we currently have it, I don't think you can start either as anything more than like a boomer bust flex. So you're just hoping that it turns out James White gets his role back fully, or you're hoping that it turns out that they're going to give White a week to work back and you start Burkhead. But it's all based on hope. We don't we don't really know what their roles are going to be, but you'd expect someone to be good as a pass catching running back. If White is active, which at this point I'm assuming he's going to be active, I would start him in PPR, and this is risky because you know what the touches are for these other two guys I'm about to say. I would start him in PPR over Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram because what the up and down of those two guys has been through three weeks, I think just given the matchup, the opponent, what White means to this team, as Heath alluded to, maybe you know they, they want to just make sure he's the same mindset moving forward given the tragedy that he's dealt with that he's you know going to be the guy that he's been for them that they're going to use him to the same capacity it is completely risky he's just laid that out for you it could be burkhead still doing those type of things because he's been good in that role for the last two weeks and showed you what he can do forget about the three touchdowns last week look at the receiving numbers that he's done in the two games that he's played without white that's what you're looking for for burkhead if he's in that role so i but i i think if white's going to play that they're going to play him to his same capacity and i would take that risk that's in ppr and and i i wish i had this information readily available instead of just speculating but i do have a recollection of us discussing late in the year last year james white's splits when rex burkhead was active and when rex burkhead was not active and james white was not as productive last year when burkhead was active because he was getting a few of those targets fair okay all right how do we feel about cam newton this week you guys have him top 12 uh yeah, break it down. How do we feel about Cam? I, yeah, I, I'm not getting away from Cam based on what I saw from him in the one game where they were chasing points. It is obviously a completely di- different defense uh, based on what the Chiefs have shown you. And Steve Spagnola gave you an example of what he can do against the mobile quarterback and how he can sort of the defense coordinator for the Chiefs and how he can sort of game plan against Lamar Jackson. I think this is a different passing attack that he's going to face um, in in how the Patriots will approach things. And I trust Josh McDaniels more than I do Greg Roman. So I think, you know, you also get an example of Josh McDaniels seeing how the Chiefs, you know, you, schemed against. That, was, that was quite a burn against a guy who I think was like the best offensive coordinator in football last year. Well, it's not a, I mean, I, I like Heath better than you, but it doesn't mean I don't like you. <laughs> I'm not putting down, I'm not putting down uh Greg Roman or anything. Um, well, okay, so the, the Chiefs have been pretty good. I mean, they face Watson, 22 fantasy points. Herbert, 23 fantasy points with a rushing touchdown. Jackson, 15 fantasy points. But they just lost another cornerback, a rookie, but a rookie who was playing pretty well. And if they if they don't have Chris Jones, that's got to be a huge deal And how you've – well, oh, I would think sure. so. For right? sure. Yeah. But I think for, for Cam, he's not going to have three whatever he did against the, like the Seahawks. But I think you just look like if he's if he's asked to carry this team as opposed to hand off like we saw last week, he's going to be around 25 fantasy points. And so I'm not go- like the only guy that I would even relatively consider would be Ryan Fitzpatrick because of what the defense he's facing. And I'm not starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. over. But what Cam about Newton. Jared Goff? I'm not starting Jared Goff over Cam Newton. 
Okay. That's a coin flip for me. Like the one for me is Joe Burrow. And Burrow is not somebody you can go get on the waiver wire. But um, I do think I would start Burrow over Kim. All right. So the and, pin- and the guys you mentioned, Adam, are, are in that range. You know, they, they, they certainly can be discussed. Yeah. But I would start Cam over those guys, Patriots, including Burrow. And I like Burrow, too. Patriots running backs. Okay, so you talked about the pass-catching guys. We're not starting Sony Michelle, right? You can't. Okay. Patriots wide receivers. Julian Edelman has great history. These, te- these teams have met three times in the last, uh, I guess, the previous two seasons. And Julian Edelman's guys. been great. So he's a must-start? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting him. Yeah, I, I again, uh, that thing we brought up yesterday, it, it makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> like it might be Nikhil Harry playing his role right now for some reason. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yes, I, I'm starting him. What about Nikhil Harry? Like, how would you compare Hunter Renfro or Nikhil Harry? I would start Renfro over Harry in PPR, but I don't think it's much different because, again, the, the, the only sample size we can use for, for this is the Seattle game because they were, they were, in a, in a hurry up, come back, throw a lot effort. And he had 12 targets in that game. And yeah. so it's not like they have a lot of depth at receiver. I know Demir Bird played well in that game also, but it, it, it's, it's pretty clear that those are the three guys. They don't have a tight end and we know whoever the running back is, is going to get their targets. So if, if Cam is throwing 30 plus times, which I anticipate him doing, then you're looking at probably in the neighborhood of 12, eight and you know, six to eight for the other two guys. Okay. And by the way, Chiefs allow the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But we did see Will Fuller have 112 yards. We saw Keenan Allen have 96 yards. Um, they're just not really giving up touchdowns right now. They typically don't give up a lot of big plays. But still, Edelman, uh, you know, he could, do, he could do just fine. Patrick Mahomes, you're starting him. Although Jamie's got him fifth. Didn't learn his lesson from last week. I'm sure you have a lot of quarterbacks you love this week. It's a good week. Yeah. Um, all right, Clyde Edwards, Eilers, top 12. I, the Chiefs are, are easy because you're starting them. But the Chiefs, it's almost like, well, let's talk about like Sammy Watkins, Miko Hartman, because you're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting um, Travis Kelsey. We can talk about them in DFS. But in, a, in just a regular league, you know, redraft league, Sammy Watkins, starter sit. Miko Hartman, starter sit. You can't actually trust them. Um, if you're in a bind... Both of them have the upside of being a top 20 receiver any given week because they play with Patrick Mahomes, but they have a floor that's like almost invisible. So I, I don't want to, none of the, neither of them are in my top 40 receivers right now. Uh, I would still prefer Sammy Watkins. I would say that like I would start Sammy Watkins over the rookies that boomed last week. I look at uh, the history for Sammy Watkins against the Patriots, and it's uh, I think it's eight games, seven games that he's played against them in his career. Um, you know, a few of those were Buffalo early in his career when they were in the same division. But he's faced them, like you said, the three times with the Chiefs going back the past two seasons. The only good game he had against them was in the playoffs, and I think he had four catches for 114 yards. So okay. in those seven games, he had a six for 60 and a touchdown. I believe that was with Buffalo. So you know, they do a good job of taking him away for whatever that's worth. Um, and, and because they'll move Tyreek in and out uh, inside the slot and, and outside, um, he's going to most likely avoid Stephon Gilmore. I, I could see Gilmore on Sammy Watkins more often than not. They've, they've also done a good job against Kelsey for the most part. I mean, yes, you're, they have. you're starting Kelsey, but they've done a very good job against Kelsey too. I think he's over 60 yards like once in his last four games with one touchdown or something. The last, they just do a great job against tight ends. I mean, that's just their defense. The last three games, Kelsey against the Patriots. Kelsey, five, five for 61, three for 23 and a touchdown, seven for 66. So it's been 66 yards and is as high in those last three games. 
which is why I would say I'm, I would not play him in DFS personally. And I don't know, would you play Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey in DFS? Kelsey, probably not. But Hill is, you know, I think going to be not highly used or played. I don't know what we're supposed to say for DFS. Highly played. Um, rostered, I guess, the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, probably falls into the contrarian category. Yeah, one thing to know, just in general, scoring is way up this year. And, I mean, like, look at what the Seahawks wide receivers did against the Patriots. And DK Metcalf burned uh, Stephon Gilmore. It's just harder to play defense now. They're not calling holding nearly, nearly as much, like, not even close. And they're calling more defensive pass interferences. So it's just, like, it's hard to get away from great offensive players on great offenses. And last thing here, guys, are you, which DST would you start, just real quick, the Chiefs or the Patriots? The Chiefs. Okay. I think I have the Patriots higher, but I don't want to use either of them. All right. Buffalo is at Las Vegas. Stat of the game, the Las Vegas Raiders allow the most fantasy points to running backs. They have allowed 24 or more non-PPR and 27 or more PPR fantasy points to a running back in all three games. That would be tough, tough sledding with McCaffrey and Kamara, but then Rex Burkhead uh, had that in week three. So, gosh, I was so excited about Devin Singletary this week. Uh, but, you know, maybe he earned a bigger role. He's he's really good. Uh, he Or he's really I, productive. So I think the key is, like, those three running backs you talked about, and there have been other running backs that have scored some fantasy. I think scored, Sony Michelle had 13, I think. Yeah, he had um, 111 yards rushing on nine carries. Right. But the, the biggest the three, thing was the two catches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the three running backs you've talked about are the pass-catching running backs, um, extraordinaire and Singletary, even with Moss on the field, has predominantly been the pass catching running back for the Bills early in the year. I think he will be the pass catching running back in this game. So, I I actually bold prediction: Devin Singletary is going to score a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, uh, start. Let's do let's do um, Devin Singletary or Julian Edelman. I'll still take Singletary. Singletary and non Edelman and PPR. And <laughs> Edelman. He hates half PPR. I love it. All right. Uh Zach Moss, I, I can't imagine anyone starting, right? Nope. Okay. We still have to see if he gets through practice, you know, fine. He was just limited on Wednesday. So yeah. Trending in the right direction. But he he look, I mean the Raiders are not good against running backs, so he could also score. Uh streak of the game go to the other running back. The Bills have allowed a one or two yard touchdown run in all three games this year. Let's see if Josh Jacobs can make it four. Uh, but actually, we'll stick with the Bills real quick. Josh Allen is a top four quarterback. I don't know how you get away from him, although I think it's a how pretty... How you not like Josh Allen? Like, he's just awesome. Yeah, he's, he's crushing it. I think it's a pretty interesting game. Uh, the pass defense for the Raiders hasn't really been that bad, or maybe it's just because the run defense has been so bad. Um, they but... just lost another corner though, right? Oh, I don't. I did not know that. The rookie, I thought he um, was going to see a specialist. Arnett, is that right? Yes, mm-hmm. Arnett is yeah. that. You're right. Okay. Um, so, Stefan Diggs is top 12 in both formats. Would you start John Brown if he plays? Would you start Cole Beasley if John Brown doesn't play? I think Beasley is a number three receiver in PPR regardless because of, I mean, he's gotten 20 targets through three weeks. It's clear he's still a big part of this offense. And Josh Allen is throwing so much that, you know, he now can – in in three receiver PPR, you can support these three guys. He can support these three guys. 
Yeah, if John Brown was out, I would start Cole Beasley over Jameson. Well, we don't know that Hunter Renfro and Nikhil Harry. Hunter Renfro in PPR. You should have used that six dollars on Cole Beasley. I don't think so. <laughs> Look, I you could have had could have had Cole Beasley in five dollars in your pocket. I'm on Renfro Island here. <laughs> I get that, but the, I like Renfro. Another thing, Renfro? Oh, I do too. Another uh, well, I'm like my island like is like the wealthiest island. Like it's like a top ten island. Like I love Hunter Renfro this wow. week. Not, you and you your au pair? Not top ten. I actually think au pairs are kind of inexpensive from what I understand. Like, uh, I believe that they are not as expensive as Nanny. Yeah, they are not. Except that, yeah, no, they're not. Okay, so anyway. Um, except yours, who spoon-fed you from the time <laughs> you were born until the time you were 18. Renfro, 50-55% roster. Like, not only is he the lead wide receiver, but Darren Waller has a tough matchup here. So isn't that even better for Hunter Renfro? How is he I mean, not? Renfro, how is he not, Jamie? The se- the Heath doesn't think so. So you tell me, how is Renfro not the second best wide receiver in this game behind Diggs? If John Brown's out, I think he is. And if John Brown's in, I would start John Brown over him just based on the upside. But I mean, you know, you saw what Renfro is going to get, and you go back to last year. You know, I know the the production was fluky. You know, the, the long touchdowns. We could talk about that all you want to, but he had nine touchdowns in the last two games, or nine targets in the last two games, I believe and nine targets last week. And so Derek Carr trusts him. There's nobody else. I don't think Nelson Aguilar is coming in and commanding targets. Uh, Waller, I think, is going to get taken away. And so, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think Hunter Renfro Island is better than Cole Beasley Island. <laughs> it's warmer. Uh, plus, the Bills should be able to score, we think, because their offense has been awesome. All right. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs, everybody's going to start. Um, that's it, pretty much, I think. Darren Waller is, we, we already debated him. Wouldn't- wouldn't the Bills will be able to score be a point in Cole Beasley's favor? No, I think it's a bigger point in Hunter. Ren- I mean, it's for both of them, but I think it's bigger for Renfro. If you're, you're I would assuming. rather be on the team that's going to be able to score. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying that they're going to have to throw a lot. The, the it is it is it is Raiders. a correct statement, but a weird theory. <laughs> no, this is excuse me. You guys use this all the time. They're going to be chasing points, right? But it, right, you're saying but versus why are they the team points? that's going to score the points. Cole Beasley is potentially the third option. I really feel like Renfro is leading the team in targets. Now, look, it could be a weird game where somebody else has a, you know, maybe it's Nelson Aguilar, and it's like, oh, crap, of course it's Nelson Aguilar this week. But, I mean, Renfro is, to me, their number one receiver. They're going to be chasing points. That's a good setup. That's a good setup. Renfro Island. It is. Come yeah. join us. Uh, all right. Waller we talked about, but Jamie, give me two or three names that you'd start over Waller. Heath has him third, so this is not going to apply to Heath, but real quick. I would start Dalton Schultz over Darren Waller this week. I think the targets will be more in Schultz's favor, and they were, if you look at it from last week's perspective alone. Okay, that was not two or three names, but that's fine. Colts. Uh, A second name besides Dalton Schultz that you could find somewhere? No, maybe you have both guys. Start over him? I'd start TJ Hawkinson over him, too. Over Waller? Okay. Colts at the Bears. Uh, stat of the game, Bears run defense, not so good. Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, all average 5.7 yards per carry or more on nine or more carries. Not the best stat of the game, but didn't have a good one. But that just, you should be confident in Jonathan Taylor, right? We like Jonathan Taylor. Hooray. Yes. Okay. Uh, these two teams allow the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Can, can, I, can I say something real quick about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. If you have an open roster spot, please go pick up Jordan Wilkins. Okay. Um, all right, these two teams allow the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I can't imagine we're starting either guy, Rivers or Foles, right? Eh? I would prefer not to. 
Um, no. who, who's a better start in PPR? Naeem, this is a stupid question. I'll ask it anyway, just to talk about two players in this game. Naeem Hines or David Montgomery? Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, it was a stupid question. Talk about David Montgomery, though, because that's a, that's a tough one, I think. I don't love the matchup for him. Uh, I do like the potential of him with more targets. He's had three targets in every game so far. And now you have Tariq Cohen gone. And I'd like to see Cordero Patterson get an opportunity to fill the Tariq Cohen role. But I'd much rather have David Montgomery do it. So, you know, if Montgomery can get to five or six targets a game with now a less mobile quarterback, because we know Trubisky likes to escape the pocket because he has to. Um, I think that uh, Montgomery's in, in, a, in a spot that is trending up. So he's a good number two running back, but I wouldn't get overly excited about him this week because the Colts defense is really good. I would start David Montgomery over Joe Mixon. Oh. Are there any wide receivers in this game other than Allen Robinson that you would start over David Montgomery? Any wide receivers in this game to start over Montgomery? Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, Anthony Miller. Would you go with any of them, either of them? I would start Allen Robinson over him. That's it. That's what I said other than Allen Robinson. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, No, I would not start the Colts guys over him, no. Okay. Um, Colts have been pretty good against wide receivers. Like I said, their cornerbacks are are playing pretty well. Like, they crushed Adam Thielen. Um, But I assume you guys still feel like got to start Allen Robinson? Yeah, I mean, he's probably looking at 15 targets in this game. <laughs> okay. Uh, Montgomery or James Robinson? Robinson? Robinson's a top six running back for me, so you're going to have to find a lot of guys Ow. I like better. Montgomery or Carlos Hyde if Chris Montgomery. Carson's out? Montgomery. I'm not sure I get that. What, what do you guys have against Carlos Hyde in this hypothetical scenario? They're letting Russ cook, Adam. Yeah, but still, like... Chris Carson's been a must start. So, I mean, Hyde go. Chris Carson's better than Car- like I devised an entire stat based on how inefficient Carlos Hyde is with the football and last year. Can we can we uh fully assess the Dolphins run defense? No, we're just going to be but but the Colts we can fully assess. The Colts have a good run defense. Right, but the Colts are facing a guy that we know is going to get a lot of work in Montgomery. I don't know that they're not going to use Travis Homer. In passing down situations, I don't know that they're going to use Travis Homer maybe to be their only healthy running back because Carlos Hyde also did not practice on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. All right, who's the second best wide receiver in this Colts-Bears game? Is it Hilton? Is it Miller? I hope it's Hilton. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it's Hilton, but it feels kind of gross. There's two guys that I really want to see uh, do something in this game. One is Anthony Miller because, you know, I've been hopeful for him this year. And we've seen now in their two comeback efforts, week one and week three, he's played a bigger role. He should have had two touchdowns in last week's game. Uh, the other is Zach Pascal because now you don't have Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell, and he's going to get a bigger opportunity. We just have not seen the Colts tested the last two weeks with anything of a, a, a semblance of a competitive game. And so if the Bears show up, which I think the Bears will because they're at home and they're a better team than the Vikings and the Jets, that Phillip Rivers is close to 30 pass attempts, and then Hilton, Pascal, whichever tight end you prefer for the Colts, uh, steps up and has, you know, a decent performance. But I'd like to see this passing game give us something of, okay, this is what they may could, maybe they could be or could become. Okay. It's a, it, it's a Joe Boo game for uh, T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Last one. Um, do you like either of the tight ends in this game or any of the tight ends in this game? 
I wouldn't be opposed to Jimmy Graham in a deeper league because, again, the the two games where they've had to you know play with uh, a sense of urgency, he's performed well. He should have two touchdowns in week one. He did have two touchdowns in week three, and the Colts have a good defense, so that's going to sort of negate some of that. But you know, volume is volume, and and you got to like what Jimmy Graham's done. And then Mo Ali Cox is so interesting because again, no Pittman and no Campbell. Is this a guy that because of his pass catching ability and you know, athleticism is somebody that can be a difference maker in this offense. Yeah, Graham, Graham, Cox, Doyle is how I would rank them, but none of them are in my top 14. Okay, there we go. Jacksonville's at Cincinnati. Here we go. Jacksonville has allowed 33 and 31 points in their last two games. The Bengals are 0-2-1, but they've lost by eight points in their two losses, and they obviously tied, lost by zero points uh, against the Eagles. Gardner Minshew, like, why? Are you guys just... So down on him because of last week? Has he let us down? Why are you I'm, sitting him? Here's the problem. It's not It's not being so down on Gardner Minshew. Um, I've got him projected for 23 fantasy points. Mm. 23 fantasy points hasn't been a top 12 quarterback any week this season. Um, you've got at the top, Lamar, Mahomes, Prescott, Allen, Wilson, Rogers, Watson, Murray. You've got Cam. You've got like... It's just, it's really, you've got, it's really hard to get into the top 12. Um, I'm I'm starting Gardner Minshew in a couple of leagues this week. I didn't make the effort to go get Fitzmagic, who I have just one spot ahead of him. But I'd rather start Burrow. Okay. And, James, and also, to be honest, it's not a great matchup necessarily because teams don't throw on the Bengals. They just run all over them. And that's why James Robinson is not is top six for Jamie, 17th and 18th for Heath, depending on the format. But start James Robinson this week. Can you trust any of the Jacksonville wide receivers? So DJ Chark practiced on a limited basis. If he plays, I think he's a high-end number three receiver. Um, I need to see more from him because we just haven't gotten great performance in the first game and a half that he was healthy. But you know what the upside can be if they're chasing points and hopefully the targets will be there for him. But I'm not going to uh, rush to start LaVisca Chenault or Keelan Cole, but they're in that same sort of range, uh, more of low-end number three receivers as opposed to high-end number three receivers. But, I, I mean, it was it was disappointing with what the Jaguars did against Miami with not being more aggressive in trying to get LaVisca Chenault the ball. And so I hope to see more of that. I hope to see more, you know, better targets for, for Keelan Cole. But um, I, I, it's, it's just, you know, I don't think you're at a point yet where you have to force those guys into your lineup. You, you don't at all. I do kind of like for DFS purposes. I, I really like it when a guy busts in primetime after everyone was excited about him playing him the following week and LaVisca Chenault's dirt cheap. So I will have some uh, Minshew Chenault stacks in DFS and I'm still st- starting Chenault in a couple of deeper leagues where I start three receivers and a flex. Um, but there's there's a low, low floor as we saw on Thursday night. But no, re- no cons- remember the revenge game for that one. No consideration for Chris Conley in DFS because he's got 15 targets in his last two games. It Not a had... chart place, no. All right. But he he was so, so bad on third. Like, he was wide so open. Bad. He had should have had a 28-yard touchdown, and Minshew missed him. He was wide open. But this is the Tyler Eifert revenge game. Okay. <laughs> oh, it is Tyler Eifert revenge game. I forgot about it. Yep. Okay, DFS. Uh, Joe Burrow is top 12. He's you know right right on the border there. Um 
Two straight games with 300-plus passing yards, multiple touchdowns. Jaguars give up the sixth most fantasy points, two quarterbacks. They've been terrible two weeks in a row. All right, Joe Mixon. You, you, you said it, Adam. They, they should be better. Their record should be better. That first game against the Chargers, that touchdown should have counted for A.J. Green. Um, he's, he's legit. Like, he is as good as the number one overall pick should be. All right, let's talk about Joe Mixon. I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I am going to hurry you along or we're going to have a two-hour show. Uh, Joe Mixon here, where do you guys have him ranked? Start or sit? He is a start, but I would rather start James Robinson. I would rather start Daryl Henderson. And in PPR, I'd rather start Devin Singletary. Agree with all of that. Would you rather start DJ Chark or Joe Mixon? Mixon. Mixon. AJ Green or Joe Mixon? Mixon. Mixon. Tyler Boyd or Joe Mixon? Still Mixon. Although I do like Boyd a lot. I would start Boyd over Mixon and PPR. Is Boyd the only must-start wide receiver in this game? I would not call him a must-start. I would call him a must-start. Okay. Any thoughts on A.J. Green? Because he's not likely to see a lot of C.J. Henderson, who has been good, has not been great, but for a rookie cornerback has done a nice job. Okay, what about A.J. Green? By the way, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals thinks A.J. Green is about to pop. He said he's dealing with that hamstring or what was it? Ankle injury, whatever it was in in uh, training camp. Uh, he he thinks he's ready for some big plays and actually could have had I some big plays, but the other but his teammates so. screwed up for him on uh, Sunday, last Sunday. I hope so, but this is like this has to be one of those games where he shows you something because two weeks ago against Cleveland, the targets were there and some bad throws, some bad drops. It was not good. Then he struggled last week in a tough matchup and did not get the targets where it went all to Tyler Boyd. And remember going back to training camp with AJ Green not there, what did we hear a lot about? The rapport between Burrow and Boyd was really good. And it's now carried over to the season through three games. Yeah. So I guess that means sit AJ Green. I don't think it's an outright sit AJ Green. Heath is right. You know, whenever you're getting a guy that's getting as much targets as he has, and he, you know, him and DJ Moore are very similar. They're both top 10 in targets at the position. And you've yet to get a great game from A.J. Green. Morgan at least gave you one in his toughest matchup to date. But I think in terms of A.J. Green, it just it depends what you have on your roster. Like, I have A.J. Green in one league where I play two flexes. It's a PPR league. And I have to decide between two guys that I don't love. And one of them is, is Darren Waller. And so I think A.J. Green's situation is better than Darren Waller. So I'm going to play him over Darren Waller. Yeah, but in I, the, uh, I, I need to see something. <laughs> like, right. you know, I, need, I need something from him. In the uh, Joe Boo game rankings, A.J. Green is ahead of T.Y. Hilton for me. Okay. Uh, A.J. Green or Hunter Renfro? Still A.J. Green. A.J. Green. Let's go to the... Oh, Drew Sample. Uh, the uh, the Jaguars are terrible against tight ends. That's mostly been Jonu Smith. He had four for 84 and two touchdowns. It's small sample size. Okay. Drew Sample. Drew Sample is also um, like doctor jargon, right? Drew Drew Sample. If, yeah. you, if you drew it up, you need a bigger sample size to see if you want to start him. <laughs> Chargers at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game. Only two wide receivers have more than six targets against the Chargers. That'd be A.J. Green and Tyreek Hill. And Hill was the only one who was good. So we know that the Chargers are... Both these teams are really good against wide receivers. Are you confident... But the Chargers now are down a guy. And the Bucks are down a guy, most likely. Their slot wide receiver. Uh, both guys, both teams are without their slot wide receivers. The only thing is, the Chargers were really good without Chris Harris last year. But they did well, have, I should they say did the have Chargers are down... Two guys, because yes. Melvin Ingram's loss is big, too. All right, so do you have confidence in the wide receivers in this game? I'm not benching Mike Evans, even in a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting I'm not, Evans, and I'm starting yeah. Keenan Allen. Yep. Okay. Um, sit Justin Herbert. 
sit Josh Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. This run defense is great. Yeah, it is. Like, even if Josh Kelly had a monster game last week, that bum. But even if he had a monster game last week, uh, I still would set him this week. I, I think it's interesting to rank the running backs not named Austin Eckler in this game. Um, because you can't have any, like, you, I have no confidence sit, in any of them. Sit, sit, sit. That's well, how we rank them. <laughs> I will say this Leonard Fournette did not practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. If he's out, mm-hmm. I would love Ronald Jones. Uh, yeah, and you know the Chargers so far, they've they, I think they've been good against the run, but they did put a defensive tackle on IR last week, so we'll see how that plays out. In terms of Eckler, uh, this team, the, the Bucks are allowing the fourth most receiving yards per game to running backs. Is he still even in against maybe the best run defense in football? Is Eckler a must start guy? Yeah. Now I will say I have Henderson ranked ahead of Eckler in non PPR because I don't think he's going to have a lot of success on the ground. But like we saw last week, you know, they finally said, okay, let's throw him the ball. He's pretty good at that. And he had 11 catches. So PPR, he's like top five. What about Mike Davis versus Austin Eckler? I would start Eckler over Davis in both. I have Davis ahead of Eckler in PPR, and it feels gross, and I'll probably change it. Okay, Keenan Allen, we're starting. Uh, should, we, do we talk, should we talk about that? Or it's like, this is a tough... Although, if they don't Mike have Williams. their slot receiver, then their slot corner, then... Mike Williams may not play. Right. He might so. get... like It's a situation like, like Allen Robinson. He might get 15 targets. Yeah. Okay. Hunter Henry is top 10, top 8 in PPR. And Tampa Bay's been fine against tight end. You're starting Hunter Henry. You know what, he, what he's doing. Again, may also benefit with Mike Williams not being there. Tom Brady is a sit. Start Minshew over Brady if you had to? I would, yes. Okay, but Fitzpatrick, we're starting over him. Joe Burrow, we're starting over him. Jared Goff, okay, so, uh, sit Brady. The running backs, if they both play, they're both sits, right? For Tampa? Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer Jones over Fournette after what we saw last week. But if Fournette is out, then Ronald Jones, I would start him over uh, the three waiver wire guys that we've discussed. What about Joe Mixon? I would start him over Joe Mixon, yes. And then what is your interest level going to be in Scott Miller if he plays? He's uh, got his own island. So there's Renfro Island, there's Mm -hmm. Beasley Island, and there's Miller Island. Uh, I would also throw Greg Ward in there as Greg Ward Island. You know, four guys that have uh, similar type of production uh, expectations could see a, a good amount of targets could certainly have an opportunity to, to play well. Very low touchdown potential. Um, but I think all those islands are, are interesting from a waiver wire need perspective. And which, if you were yeah. going to vacation on just one of those islands, you know, or how would you rank those islands if you were you know, making so a vacation guide? For me, I'd, I'd probably go to Las Vegas first. <laughs> for then, a retro, okay. Then maybe Niagara Falls second. <laughs> oh, well, Cole Beasley will be there. Then probably Tampa, St. Pete area is nice. Oh, have a nice lunch with Scott Miller. And then Philadelphia would be last. Mm. Cheesesteak with Greg Ward. Okay. Starter sit Rob Gronkowski, Heath. No, I don't. I don't buy it. Okay. Bucks DST is sixth. Minnesota is at Houston. Uh, The stat of the game is really just about how teams are attacking Houston. Now, it's a little different because teams have been beating Houston because they've been facing great teams who have been able to run the ball. But they've seen the second most rush attempts in the NFL behind only Cincinnati. 
Um, they've allowed the fewest big passing plays in the NFL, but they've seen the fourth fewest passing play, uh, fat pass attempts. Um, can I ask you a question about that? Uh-huh. Is the rushing stats from running backs or rushing stats because of Lamar Jackson too? Oh, no, it's everything. I mean, Clyde Edwards okay. had a huge game. James Conner had a huge game. Right, uh, but it's a little different when you have Lamar. Yeah, I actually don't think Lamar had that big of a game rushing against them. Um, do you remember what? Uh, no, but I'll tell you. Got, what Mark Ingram and well, I can say that the Chiefs Edwards and Steelers did. running backs both had thirty-two and thirty-three rush attempts against the Texans. The Ravens running backs had twenty-one. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was like there. It's eighty-six running back rush attempts in three games, nearly thirty per game. So Dalvin Cook, uh, they could really ride Dalvin Cook, even though the Texans are going to score a lot of points. Uh, but I think we talked about it. Like, we feel, hope. <laughs> what's that? We hope. Yeah, we hope. Thielen is a must-start. Uh, Lamar and, Jackson had 16 for 54 in that game. Okay. And uh, Justin Jefferson is like a flag, a number three wide receiver. Actually, he's not ranked for Heath out of the yeah, top I, 48. Again, it's just... It was one week of a big target spike when Adam Thielen saw almost nothing. And so I think if you're going to believe in Jefferson as a number three wide receiver, then I don't know that Thielen can be more than a, a boomer bust number two. I would just expect that with the way the Viking season has gone so far, that I know they want to still be ground and pound and hope their defense is going to be successful. But living in the 25 to 27 pass attempt range is clearly not working for this team. And now you've seen that you have a second guy. Like they don't, I don't think they knew they had this type of upside. I'm going to guess. I mean, you know, you had no preseason, you had no off season to sort of see how good maybe Justin Jefferson can be. If we just say, Hey, let's attack him. Let's use him. Let's, and they moved you know, him outside. He didn't play outside at all in weeks, barely and, and in being weeks created one with him. And they so now it's okay. Maybe we see 30 plus pass attempts and, and it's, it's a guess it's a, you know, and, and I know he doesn't live in this world, so I get why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and I, I think you, you, you met the, the four islands are all in better spots than Justin Jefferson, because no offense, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to uh, want to trust Justin Jefferson yet. He's why, do you want, be, why do you not want a vacation in Minneapolis, Jamie? I do want a vacation in Minneapolis. That's why I stopped myself. <laughs> so from offensive. Um, that's why I stopped myself from saying it um, <laughs> because I've been to Minnesota and it's beautiful. Uh, and actually in December, it was beautiful. Um, Land of a thousand lakes. That is true. Yes. Uh, I just think that Justin Jefferson still has something to prove, but I'd like to take the chance on him if I'm stuck, given the opportunity that he showed you last week that he can be good when used. All right. We're not going to start the tight ends in this game. We are going to start Deshaun Watson. He's eighth for Jamie, ninth for Dave and seventh for Heath. So he's ahead of, Joe Burrow, he's ahead of Matt Ryan if Julio Jones doesn't play. Basically, like, ahead of everybody except for the truly elite guys, I would say. And i just like to say that I did, as a child, vacation in Minnesota three years in a row and caught the largest crappie on Bowstring Lake one year and have, a, have it in a book that says that. Do you, think, really? do you think I'm a good fisherman, Heath? I have absolute, like... No, I don't, because all fishing takes place outside of your apartment, and you would never leave your apartment. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I do have like a magnetic fishing game that I play with my son, but I am the kind of fisherman who would make you put the worm on the hook because I think it's disgusting. So, yeah, not for <laughs> me. Uh, David Johnson, very confident in David Johnson this week? Yes. As confident as one can be in, in David Johnson. Okay. I think for the Texans, here, here's here's the way I think you approach it. Uh-huh. The 
the three main guys, Watson, Fuller, and David Johnson, for as bad as the schedule has been, you got two 20-point games out of Deshaun Watson. You got two very good games out of Will Fuller. And you got two successful fantasy games out of David Johnson, one really good one in week one. If that's where they're coming from, given the opponents that they just faced, imagine how good the ceiling can be as the schedule lightens up. So this is now a huge jumping off point for all three of those guys. Now, clearly there's health involved with the receiver and the running back because we know what their history has been. But this should be just an awesome setup for these guys moving forward starting this week. So you should be very happy with them given the fact that you probably started both more so Johnson than Fuller. But now it's about to get just uh, amazing, amazing production. At least that should be the expectation. Okay, uh, Brandon Cooks or Justin Jefferson? Cooks. I would take a chance on Jefferson, but I could certainly understand being safe in playing Cooks. And that's it. Sit the DSTs in this game. Although, actually, Houston's DST is, t- is 12th for Dave and Jamie, not ranked for Heath. But basically, I, I, Again, I think, you know, you're looking at a team that just played three of the best offenses in football. Um, now, how can they be against the quarterback that for the first two weeks took a safety and then last week threw two interceptions? Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, when the volume goes up, maybe the production uh, follows, but also the turnovers as well. Atlanta's at Green Bay. This is the highest scoring team in the NFL against the defense that has allowed the most points in the NFL. So Green Bay should score a lot of points. It's uh, been a pretty tough start to the season for Atlanta. They've lost a couple of heartbreakers. Your stat of the game, the Packers allow the third most fantasy points to running backs and 5.37 yards per carry to running backs. And they were bad against running backs last year. Uh, so what's the deal with Kenny Clark, by the way? They're a nose tackle. I believe he practiced. Okay. On a limited basis. Last but, week. I'm sorry, last week. But Gurley, yeah. It, oh God, I should really know this. But Gurley, um, okay, because like we know what to do. Aaron Rodgers are starting. Uh, we've talked about the wide receivers already. Um, and Aaron Jones are starting. The wide receivers for the Falcons, pretty much, if they play, you, you play them. Todd Gurley, though, coming off a, a better game last week, like, what do you think about him in what looks like a really good matchup? It is a good matchup on paper, but if you look at from the uh, rushing yards allowed, the rushing yards haven't exactly been great uh, for the running backs facing the Packers. It's been more of the passing game. And Kenny Clark, by the way, did, did not play Jamie, I'm sorry, last week. and so I know, but he was practicing last week. Yeah, so he was like I saw a, the, maybe trending in the right direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Gurley's going to have to score. I mean, that's what we've seen from him through two of three games. And yes, he did run better. 14 for 80 is a much better stat line than what he showed you the the week two performance, but chasing points, not involved in the passing game and a run defense that for stopping the run has been better than what they've done in stopping the pass catching backs. So throw to Gurley. Great. He could be really good. Not throwing to Gurley, which is what we've seen. He's got three catches on the season. I can't trust it. Hayden Hurst, starter set. You don't want to start him. Um, I would still... And this is a little bit of stubbornness maybe, but I would still start Hayden Hurst over Jimmy Graham. I would still start Hurst over Eric Ebron. Um, But I would like, I've kind of lost confidence in Evan Ingram. I would start Ingram over Hurst. If someone dropped him, Um, I'd still start Higby over Hurst. So he's right at the very bottom of the tight ends we had in the top 12 that have really kind of underperformed. I mean, Higby's a weird guy to say that about because he has three touchdowns, but two of the games have been disasters. Mm -hmm. The thing with Hurst is that we're not going to know because 
you know, until we see the injury report is if Julio and Gage are out, then I'm hoping we see a target spike for him. So he would benefit if those guys don't play. And if you want to take a total dart throw, I don't know if you're really deep league, Robert Tanyan has scored in two straight games and the Falcons have been horrible. Four touchdowns to tight ends in three games, 88 yards to Dalton Schultz, 60 yards to Jimmy Graham. You just don't know that it's going to be Robert Tanyan, so it's very risky. Seattle at Miami, start everyone. And that's it, start everyone. Uh, What about Greg Olson? (laughs) Greg Olson or uh, Hayden Hurst? Hurst. Mike Kosicki or Hayden Hurst? Uh, Gasicki. Love Gasicki. Love Gasicki. Gasicki by a lot. Miles Gaskin or Joe Mixon? I'll still start Mixon, but Gaskin in PPR, I mean, we keep Gaskin for him to fail, and he continues <laughs> Jeez, to show us miles of production. You are loving this. You better hope he keeps it up. Uh, actually, the Seahawks have been pretty good against the run. 2.74 yards per carry to running backs. They've been terrible against the pass, but even Zeke struggled against them. He had 14 carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. So that's kind of I don't of think strange. he's going to be good running the ball, but his pass catching right now has been fantastic. Preston Williams or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. Um, I would take Gaskin based on the amount of times he's going to touch the ball, but this defense is so, I mean, should I just tell you the numbers again? Can I tell you the numbers again? You can finish the show with the numbers. I love, I love this. This stat is just mind boggling. So they are the worst in terms of receptions and receiving yards allowed to opposing receivers at this point. Uh, 76 catches, 1300, 1136 yards allowed. The next closest team in receptions allowed to wide receivers is Denver. So 76 for Seattle. Denver's next at 49. Denver is going to play a game before Seattle plays a game, and they're still going to be (laughs) well well ahead ahead. of what the receptions are. The yardage with the 1136, the next closest team, and you mentioned how bad Atlanta has been, the next closest team is 736. It's it's 400 yards (laughs) difference. If the Dolphins receivers don't have a good game, I would be completely shocked based on this matchup. They're secondary, and now they're losing Jamal Adams. It's, it's just absolutely bad. It's so bad. It's bad news. All right. Good show, guys. Thank you very much. For Heath and Jamie, I'm Adam. Let's get out of here. Let's watch some Thursday Night Football. Let's watch Thursday Night Football. You know what? It's fantasy. No matter what, the games are great. We'll talk to you on Friday. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.